Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Whistlethrowers. It's a great way to interact with our show. Our DMs are always open for questions, topic discussions, and more. You will be able to find our new episodes and other announcements there. About how all-star games in general have just turned into a joke. Alright, thanks for tuning back in the Whistlethrowers podcast. This is Jack Mubarak, joined by... Jack Stonebaker. And uh, got a dry week. Coming at you, it's the Pro Bowl just got finished. I just noticed that they're having they they're not utilizing offensive linemen outside yeah. of the centers. Mm-hmm. Has that been a thing? I think they just made it last year or the year before. I think maybe it was twenty twenty one, but yeah, that's semi new. Uh, I can't. I it's a bad. it's all a joke. I was actually yeah. talking about this with multiple people this weekend about how all star games in general have just turned into a joke. Yeah, uh, I think the NHL one is entertaining, but at the end of the day, I still don't really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest are just complete jokes. Yeah. Like, I really like the baseball one. I, I do too. I was just about the to home say run that. derby is fun, but I don't really like watching the game anymore. Well, I, I wish they didn't it. like take away like the home field advantage for the yeah. World Series. I thought that yeah. just like added some motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the play's not nearly as good as it used to when you were playing for something. Yeah. But, I mean, when it comes to watching all star games and as much as I love sports, I really don't care about them. No. Like, obviously, the awards mean something because players yeah. financially benefit from becoming All-Stars. But I don't mind the baseball one. Uh, I haven't really watched the hockey one, but from the highlights that I've seen, it seems pretty good. Basketball's all right. You know that they're just going for crazy plays and high scoring, mm-hmm. which for an All-Star game, it's fine. And the football one was just becoming a joke. Yeah. For the NBA, like not that they necessarily play defense, but they at least like made the effort to make cool offensive plays. The Pro Bowl was just a mess. They keep like the guys playing in it were terrible. Yeah, they keep nerfing it like every year. Like they keep like watering it down. Yeah. Right. Wasn't Mitchell Trubisky in it the one year? Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Huntley was in it in 2021. Yeah. Lamar's backup when yeah. he threw like. Yeah. One less interception than touchdown. Crazy. Yeah. It, I think football is also the hardest sport, really, to yeah. have an all-star game, especially during the middle of the year. But it's it's something that was taken seriously maybe for a, a like three- or four-year stretch in the early 2000s. But before that and, af- and since then, it hasn't really had much, like, excitement towards it. I think being – like you said, Aiden, being named to an all-star team means something, but the game itself and the activities that they do, they're they're just pointless. And mm-hmm. I thought the NFL did a good job for what they have, like with these mini games and things. I think it's mm-hmm. entertaining to like swipe through social media and see one, but I'm not going to sit there and watch that on my yeah. TV. Like, I'm just not watching that. So the Super Bowl is coming up mm-hmm. next week in Vegas. And I, me and Aiden said it. Well, I'm not excited for the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. I think we can run predictions. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so I've gone through this multiple times, and it's kind of I think this is the harder one to really pick a winner for because the 49ers are like a loaded team, and I think the Chiefs are somewhat playing on the arm of Patrick Mahomes and their defense, which. I've been like, that might come back to bite them. But at the end of the day, we haven't seen a winner in football like Patrick Mahomes since Tom Brady. And 
I just would never bet against his team. So I think it'll be somewhat of a slugfest in terms of I don't think it'll be high scoring whatsoever. Uh, I think it'll be more of a defensive battle. But I could see the score being around, I'll say 24-20 Chiefs win and their defense gets a stop late, like uh, less than a minute left in the fourth quarter. They get a stop, take the Niners off the field and win the game that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game's going to be really interesting. Uh, I was just checking the injuries right now just to see if there's anyone notable. The biggest one for the Chiefs is going to be their left guard, uh, Joe Thunny. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough injury. Any offensive lineman when you're losing for the Super Bowl is a tough injury. Yeah. But especially this one at the guard position, that's not – I mean, thankfully it's not one to tackles if you're looking at it that way. But still, any lineman injury is not one that you can easily recover from. And the Chiefs have had a couple weeks to repair. So that's going to be a matchup that I'm interested to see especially against this 49ers defensive front that's been really, really good this year. Yeah, that's a good point right there. Uh, A lineman, an interior lineman specifically being out for the Chiefs is a huge bonus to the 49ers because uh, I think the interior of their line has played really well this year, um, definitely compared to last year because 2022, that was an area where the Eagles exposed them in that NFC Championship game, just pounding it through the guards uh, in between the tackles, and the 49ers couldn't stop it. Now they paid Hargrave, and they've seen a real boost from guys like Kinlaw and other guys along that interior. So a guy being out for the Chiefs there is a huge bonus for them. It just makes it easier in, in terms of like their quote-unquote weakest part of the defense because it's not weak, but it's also not very strong. I think the secondary for the Niners is becoming their biggest weakness. Yeah, when I'm thinking about this game, I feel like it's going to be close. And the reason that this favors the Chiefs, it's not only because you have Patrick Mahomes. I don't trust Jake Moody if it comes down to him making a tying field goal, winning field goal, Mm -hmm. field goal to keep the 49ers in the game. Any way you slice up, I just do not trust him with the way that he's been kicking this year. Yeah, I agree, yeah. He's looked better in the playoff. I'll give him that. But... You can't help but feel that if it comes down to him making the play, that he's necessarily... When you go to the playoffs and you have faith in a kicker, you want that faith to be 99 to 90% that he's going to make this kick. Yeah, right. Any less than that, you've got to be concerned. And Moody, I put around like a 65-60 mark. That's not good enough. No. At all. No. So I, that's what worries me a lot of the 49ers. On top of the fact that you're playing Patrick Mahomes, and he's almost in, unbeatable in the playoffs. Yeah, right. And yeah. especially on the other side, too, with Bucker there, who is one of those guys who you mm-hmm. say 99 times out of 100, I, I'm confident he's going to make the kick. So that's a big, big uh, kind of point there where it could turn the tides for either way, whether it's Bucker making the kick or Moody missing the kick. It could It could really shift the momentum in the game. When I'm looking at this game, I think this is going to be like a big challenge for Brock Purdy, not Mm. only because he's facing a good defense, but I think if they can't establish the run, then Brock is going to have to make difficult throws. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll be very good on the check down throws and the short gain, but if they force him to go deep, you may not see the same Brock Purdy. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
And that defense really showed out the last couple of weeks oh, and yeah. the end of the regular season. Yeah. Um, and their biggest X factor is in the box suite. Mm, yeah. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, if, if Travis proposes after they win, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump off a bridge. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Cause you just know that this was set. Mm-hmm. But for sure. I do think it will be close. I am also keeping an eye on Moody. Me and Aiden were talking about him last week because mm-hmm. if the Chiefs decided to mess with the kicker again like they did last week, it would work probably a lot better than it did last time they mm-hmm. played. Oh, yes. Because you're not going to rattle Justin Tucker, but you, you chances are you'll rattle a rookie who had a very up-and-down year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not really concerned about the Chiefs receivers. Um, I think they'll lean on Travis a lot and he's been performing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the run game is great. Pacheco's yeah. awesome. Yep. And even Edwards Hilaire gets his runs in like uh-huh. they use them perfectly sure. now. Yeah. I think, uh, the Niners will have a good game, but I just think they will find a way to like beat themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. And make me think that it was rigged. Yeah. No, I, I actually, uh, I want to touch on your points earlier with um, like going when you were going through everything the Chiefs have been doing well. I would say since they lost that that Raiders game, probably I think that they've everything you were saying is true. Like they've been doing really well. Like their receivers have, I don't know what the gr- perfect word for it is, but they haven't hurt them. Let's just put it that yeah. way. They haven't hurt them at all, and they've been pulling their weight. So they need to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's, I think it's ironic because you run through the Niners versus Chiefs roster. I think on paper with rosters, definitely the Niners have the edge. Maybe a few more, yeah, like top end talents. But I think as a team overall, I think that there's a serious argument that the Chiefs have less holes as a team than the Forty ers do. Um, mm-hmm. I think when when you were saying the Forty ers need to get uh the run game going early, like. And that's definitely a key for them. That's a key for them every time they step the field to like get that run game going. I think this is the best run defense they're going to play all year. It might um, be, yeah. Yeah, and the the way that the Chiefs defended some of the runs against um, uh, Baltimore and Buffalo. Yeah, they didn't. They abandoned the run. Yeah, like, uh, early which, because of them. Yeah, and like I think in in terms of that aspect. That could really throw uh, San Fran off their game. Um, I think some people have been underrating the Chiefs' run defense because of a couple plays that may have like skewed stats. Yeah, I think their run defense is very stout. I think it's been a good unit. Um, I don't. I don't know if numbers really show that. I honestly haven't really looked, but just in terms of watching them, I like how they defend the run, and obviously through the air, yeah. the Chiefs probably have. They definitely have one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. So in terms of that aspect, I think the Chiefs could poke holes in the 49ers and really deflate the game for them because I think the 49ers are somewhat of a mentally weak team because I think once they get thrown off their game, it's hard for them to get back to it. Like the thing is with in the, in the Detroit game, yeah, they were down a lot, but they were moving the ball and then just kind of making one mistake that would hurt them. Like the guy missing the kick I think in that game it was easy for them to like get up, but I want to see what it looks like when maybe the first two drives you don't cross midfield. Yeah. I want to see how mentally strong you are at that point. And maybe Mahomes went down and 
took two straight touchdown drives on you. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how mentally strong you are at that point. Yeah, I just don't think the Niners have many avenues of winning this game. I think if they win this game, it's because uh, Christian McCaffrey had like 150 yards and like two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Agree. And the Chiefs could win on the offensive end. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mahomes could just sling it. The defense could simply just stop Brock Purdy yep. or throw him off his game enough and keep Agreed. it down to the wire and then have him make a mistake yeah. last second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the Niners can only really win if they run left. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree with you. And, like, if you think about it in terms of like, if this game turns into a shootout, yeah. you probably lean advantage Chiefs. And even if it's a defensive battle, you probably lean advantage Chiefs, which is yeah. kind of why I'm surprised the spread is Niners are two-point favorites. But mm. it is – I mean, that's a pretty damn even line, so I respect it. Yeah, I would bet Chiefs. Me too. I think that if you're going to win money on the Chiefs covering, yeah, I would go Chiefs. Because I I predict them to win out, right, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm surprised that the Niners are favored, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that going into tonight, but that is a little bit surprising. Just because you've seen that the Chiefs have had to go through so many tough teams, a couple of really tough playoff games on the road, and the Niners were the one seed and got to play the Packers, who they were lucky to beat the Cowboys, in my opinion. That would have been a much tougher game. And it was already tough against Green Bay as it was. Yeah. Uh, and then the NFC championship against Detroit, who, yes, Detroit got off to a really good start, but you knew they were a young, inexperienced playoff team. But the 49ers just got here last year. Yep. So you know what it takes to win playoff games or what it takes to lose, and you can fix those mistakes, which they did at halftime. I just feel like the Chiefs have had to deal with so much more, and I think that they're so battle-tested and ready for this game Agreed. that I don't see really necessarily a way that they lose other than the fact that the 49ers need to get pressure on them. And I will say, a guy that might go kind of underrated is Charles Uchek. Oh, yeah. I really like what the Niners do with him, especially in the playoffs, especially in short yardage situations. Yeah. I feel like he'll be a big part of the passing game if the Niners can't get anything downfield. Yeah, I agree with you. And another point I wanted to bring up, actually, uh, I just thought about it, is this is kind of a negative for San Fran, but I'm worried about their coaching because Shanahan is a guy who has showed multiple times to really fold in pressure and big moments. I just want to go through his... Two Super Bowls, because I think that's the most fair arguments as to for him right now. Because you go back to the Super Bowl with the Falcons against New England, and Kyle Shanahan is calling the plays. the uh, The Falcons are up twenty eight to nineteen in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan throws a ridiculous pass sideline to Julio, who makes an unbelievable catch. Which had Kyle Shanahan made the right decisions afterwards. That would have been a Santonio Holmes type of catch in the Super Bowl. Their first down in field goal territory. If you kneel on the ball three times and let the clock run and kick a field goal, the game is over. The New England has no chance with no timeouts down double digits. Instead, Shanahan calls three pass plays in a row where they take a sack and a holding penalty, pushes them out of field goal range. New England uses no timeouts. They only ran like 30 seconds off the clock after that Julio catch, had to punt it back to New England, and we all know the rest. Super Bowl against Kansas City in 2020, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners are up going into the fourth quarter and can't control the ball in the fourth quarter, can't move the sticks in the fourth quarter and control that clock. 
and hold off Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes wins his first Super Bowl. And now he has this test. And I mean, he has a chance to rewrite narratives, but if this goes the way that it normally goes for Kyle Shanahan, he is going to be scrutinized. He's not going to be on a hot seat. He's not going to have a risk of getting fired, obviously. But he is going to be scrutinized heavily because that is a loud fan base too. When we talk about loud fan bases on the East Coast that come after players and coaches, San Fran is just like LA in that sense, where they're a West Coast city that they are they hold people accountable in, yeah. with their sports teams. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add off that. I'm excited for a very good playoff game or, or Super Bowl, really. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see these two teams battle it out. And I guess we'll come back next week because even though I'm predicting the Chiefs, I think this game really could go either way. Agreed, yeah. yeah. And another thing that I'm really excited for is to see the stadium because this is like mm-hmm. the brand new billion dollar stadium for the Raiders. So. That Christian McCaffrey can't afford. Yeah, right. Did you see his, uh, was it his girlfriend bought his family a suite? She bought it. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was his girlfriend. Damn. And it was like two and a half million for that suite. Like, ridiculous. Oh. Which is, when you think about it, it was like 20 people in that suite. And it's like, if you do the math, it came out to like 125K per person to watch a football game. The, the prices started going down. They're now down to 6,300-something, down from 8,000 last week. Yeah, I I really don't understand. Like, I'm, I don't understand why nowadays it's like it's all about rich people getting in the seats for these types of games where, in my opinion, wouldn't you want it to be like half and half Chiefs, Niners, just diehard fans filling up that stadium? That would create the best atmosphere for this game. And I think, I mean, I get it. You know, you're going to milk whatever you can out out of this Super Bowl, like all of them, you know, I get it. But I think that if it was me, I would make it affordable to the everyday fans because those are the people that should be watching that. Do you guys have anything to talk about, like NBA or anything like that? Uh, Just want to say uh, it's sad for Embiid to uh, be missing all this time. It really hurts the Sixers' chances. I think they had a real shot at competing and putting up a fight uh, to at least get out of the second round this year. At least, you know. But if Embiid is not back or Embiid is, like, when he does come back for the playoffs, he's kind of milking this injury. Not milking, but I guess rehabbing is a good word for it. Like, he's still having, like, dealing with effects from the injury in the playoffs. They, They just have no shot, like. They don't. It's a different team with Embiid on the floor, and when he's not on the floor, it's so obvious. It, it's sad to see that because I think everyone would like to see Embiid in a conference finals or NBA finals series. Like That would be an entertaining series for, for NBA fans. Yeah, I'm kind of angry at him, though, because like, it, it seems like he really can't let go of like outside noise. Mm-hmm. Like. He needs to get off of Twitter and like he wouldn't have gotten injured if people were saying that he was ducking Jokic and he probably wouldn't have been hurt going in the playoffs the last couple of years if everyone wasn't ripping on him for not having an MVP. So like he ultimately like destroyed their chances the last three years because he can't mm. tune out outside noise. Yeah, like it, it, I do actually agree with that. It, it does feel like he's too influenced by what people are saying about him and 
He does say he doesn't care, but he I does. just don't believe it. Yeah, yeah he's Twitter, a Twitter troll, as he says. Yeah. Well, and I understand what you guys are saying about Embiid listening to the trolls and wanting to outperform them. Nick Nurse is the one that's got to say, dude, you can't play right now. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the coach's choice who plays and who doesn't. And if Embiid's dictating the locker room, that says a lot more about Nick Nurse as a head coach than it does Embiid as a player. And I don't know for sure. Nobody knows if Embiid forced his way into the lineup. But if there was a conversation where Embiid told Nurse, hey, I'm good to go, and then got hurt, that tells me you weren't evaluating your players the way that you should be as a head coach. Yeah. So... I will say I've been watching a lot of college basketball recently with no football and yes. baseball still far away and the NBA sort of in that middle part where you know who the teams are that's going to be making it to the playoffs. Yeah. And I watched some really entertaining games, especially some, some of the mid-major teams. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you used to happen to see any of the highlights from the Toledo-Akron game, Dad? Yeah, uh, that, was, uh, that was crazy. I was watching the... Uh... Like the last five minutes on um on YouTube this weekend, yeah, yeah. There's some really good players in the MAC. I really hope yeah. that both teams get in. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but man, there's some stars in the mid majors right now. Uh, the one guy that's been catching mine uh, mine recently is Deron Holmes from Dayton. Yeah, that dude can play. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no they. The MAC has so much talent in basketball, which is like it's not really that unexpected because a lot of guys in that like region and area are going to fall under the radar, and then uh, they end up getting picked up by these uh, mid-major D one schools in the MAC, and they just ball. I agree with you. I hope both of those teams make it, and yeah, it's going to be so hard because if you think about it, the team like let's say that they meet in the conference championship. The team that does not win that conference championship will have to win every game before yeah. that conference champ, like to get a shot at getting an at-large bid. Which is like, right. it sucks because they should get more respect than they do, you know? Yeah. So Enrique Freeman is the forward slash center from Akron who had an amazing game. He's projected to fall probably second round if he gets drafted at all. And then Deron Holmes from Dayton in the A-10, he's projected to fall somewhere in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I think that both of these guys could be – I think Holmes could be an NBA star oh, almost yeah. immediately. Freeman, he – Freeman's story is amazing. He wasn't recruited by anyone. He didn't – he tried out for Akron. Um, there was an open spot on the roster, and he just went for the open tryouts. And they said that uh, on the broadcast that he was running sprints for the tryout and threw up because he was still out of shape and he didn't let the coaches know and made his way on the roster. Now is the Mac, probably the Mac MVP this year and one yeah. of the best centers in Mac history. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. So, yeah, just awesome stories um, to pay attention to in college basketball. And the tournament's almost a month away now, a little bit more than a month, but. It's starting to heat up for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, do you guys have anything else? That's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me too. So yeah, um, hopefully Brock Purdy can save us, so we don't have to witness another Mahomes Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll catch you next week and see you guys.